our heads and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we're talking about the third and final act of season one of the (laughs) Arcane series, which came out last weekend. Mm. Now, have either of you had the thing that I've been having where I'm like, oh my god, Arcane is over. Now what are we going to talk about? And then, like, forgetting that we had, like, a hundred fucking champions left. I, th- I, I mean, kind of, yeah. I think we were saying it's nice that we're going back to Jin, but uh, it's going to be real strange when we hit things like fucking, uh, like, I think, Kha'Zix. People, like, who have really old and bad lore. It's going to be, how about fucking night and day, right? Yeah, I mean, the next two weeks, we're going to have Jin, which will be fun, because he's also involved in Piltover, and we can maybe speculate on how he could be involved in the Arcane universe. And then we have Jinx, and we could talk about how, you know, how does her old lore fit into what we know from Arcane? And then we just entirely get away from all of that. So it's going to get weird, I think. <laughs> yeah. I guess we've Not got Ruin King, too, which we... My, you know, I guess maybe we'll do an episode about it at some point. Yes, I haven't started playing the game yet, but I feel like I should have been taking notes or something. But yeah, I'm just, I'll just remember random bits and tidbits, and that'll be good <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured we would. Um, it'd be nice to get back to the champions a little bit. You know, it's shitty though they yeah. may be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like, I mean, the only important lore thing in the ruined king is just that misfortune second in command writes a graves tf fanfic under the name <laughs> thunderlord so yep. i mean that's the only that's thing i know about your ruined review, king. so far by the way because john is obsessed with this tidbit that's been put in the game uh, but this isn't about ruined king yet uh let's we'll talk about the the finale of arcane which we did get to watch together again we mostly held in our feelings but you know it was it was mm. tough. It was a good last three episodes. It was a yeah. good last three for sure. Yeah. And yes, yeah, uh, I was gonna say it's hard. It was it was hard because it had to be like the most like broad sort of like this yeah. was very good. <laughs> I also <laughs> I enjoy liked show this part, kind of yeah. <laughs> I also enjoy show. Yes, <laughs> show is sad. <laughs> yeah. and our, so so Mark's wife Sarah was with us too and she got so pissed. At some point she was just like ah, well I want to talk about Arcane. <laughs> Get the fuck out. You're in the wrong place for that. Uh, Alright. Uh, I don't know. Broad strokes. John has his point by point. Yeah. Just I think he just dumps his emotions Mm. And, and I have a lot of emotions. Yes. No document can show. hold it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this, I mean, episode seven opens with another music video, basically. Yeah. But kind of like, you know, this one landed again, where the Imagine Dragons one didn't land for me. This one <laughs> brought me right back in. I was like, yeah, we can have a music video in this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Are they even really comparable, though? Right? Like, no. <laughs> that's kind of an insult to this scene. Not that like it's the most amazing <laughs> thing in the world, but that Imagine Dragon scene was so bad that even comparing this is like, eh. <laughs> yeah. No, this yeah. one, this one was good. Uh, and yeah, it, it opens with Kate and Vi being captured, and uh, right out the gate, one I love the. First of all, I love when they're shifting perspectives when the two oh, of them are talking. Great. And the only difference is like the the color that you see behind the burlap sack. Yeah. yeah. What a clever idea <laughs> to have like 
Because they, you could have just showed them tied up, but now we really don't know where they're going. I mean, we all know that that's Echo. <laughs> and that they're not actually in danger. But for everyone else, they like truly have no idea where these characters are being taken. Yeah. Yeah. And like having having Kate also start out like so mad at Vi, like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. Then like the second Vi gets pulled out of the room, she's like, wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, I take it back. <laughs> Come <Yeah>. back. <laughs> so Mark, I wanted to ask you, do you feel any differently about Kate? After these, uh, she gets more screen time here, but she th- she does. I mean, I certainly liked her more in this act than Act Two. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing is, is that Kate kind of across these two end pieces, this is to me like just the start of her her arc, right? Yeah. Um, I will say, kind of overall, I think she's one of the weaker parts of the show. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm happy that we're going to be continuing with her and Vi and Jinx in season two because I think it will really give her more time to kind of continue with that that actual arc, right? Because I think right now a lot of it is just kind of, she's at the beginnings of starting to, you know, I don't want to say like heroes journey crap, but, you know, starting to see the, the you know, the magical world, right? That Or not or not magical, but, you know, the veil is starting Hex-texical. to be lifted. <laughs> yeah, the, the veil of, of Piltover, um, I don't know, privilege has been lifted kind of fully by the end of all this, right? And, it, and she's very primed to really start getting some some actual serious development in the the next season so that's kind of where i how i ended up feeling about her overall yeah i i get that i think my favorite moment with her was when she introduced vi to the council i thought that was a really a really strong moment for her to face her mom and all these other powerful people and be like we fucked up (laughs) 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 but she still wants to help us even though we ruined her life (laughs) yeah for sure i completely agree with that yeah. yeah, I liked that. Uh, but getting back to episode seven, I suppose. I loved Vi breaking out of the handcuffs. Oh, the whole <laughs> re- like reunion with Echo was really good. I, I, yeah. I was kind of almost expecting Echo to be really excited to see her right away. But I like how they, I don't know, it was a more realistic uh, reaction to her. He really didn't know where she'd been. He thought she was dead. He thought she was with jinx you know working for for silco maybe yeah 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 and it's believable to think that she might have been just because of of jinx and everything he had no idea she was in prison for like 10 years (laughs) and i do love her just not even not even honoring his question with an answer (laughs) (laughs) you working for silco fuck you how about that (laughs) yeah no that whole their whole exchange is great and 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 when they do finally kind of actually reconnect it it really lands that little emotional beat and i was really I really enjoyed that. It's so cute. Yeah, it's she still thing. had her big sister kind of uh, vibe with him. Because yeah. he's still really young. He's grown so much. But, I mean, he and Jinx are still pretty young. They're still teens here. Vibe yeah. stands for big sister vibe. <laughs> John <laughs> needs a new vibe voiceover, apparently. He'll do it. <laughs> right? Contact me. <laughs> I'm I'm free because that's the quality that you can expect. <laughs> I'll pay you to do it. <laughs> and I, there's at least like three or four listeners who would really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so we get we get a lot more singed kind of uh, in mm-hmm. this episode too. Um, not even. I know that we get more of him in, in 8, too, but his interactions with Victor in this episode, when Victor's trying to, you know, kind of come to terms with what he can do to help his ailment, 
And uh, there's a a line here that I liked from Sinch. He's like, love and legacy are the sacrifices we make for progress. Mm. And that hits real hard, too, knowing that he did have a daughter, too. And you know that he lost that at some point, probably due to his crazy experimentations. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he said he parted ways with Heimer. I thought that was interesting that they at one point worked together. Yeah, I want that prequel. Mm-hmm. Just like an episode of it. I think that would be really neat just to kind of see what that was like. Singe is a very interesting character. More interesting than I thought he would be. Because he's not... He's obviously not a good guy. But he's not an outright villain. He's no Silco. I, I don't know. He's really, really interesting to me. Sure. Yeah. yeah he He's not like... Like you said, He he. you would expect that he's very going to be one note. You know, yeah. Dr. Mengele type. You know, just <laughs> complete wackadoo but is a little you know for as he doesn't get a ton of screen time but the screen time anytime he's on screen and doing stuff he he just captures your attention because he's wondering what this guy's about and what he's going to do you know Mm -hmm. yeah he's definitely one of those like greater good scientists like no matter no matter what sacrifices have to be made like fuck it it'll be worth it probably (laughs) yeah which is very zon right and it's nice to see that start to get kind of developed and established more for that area because most of it most of this like arcane doesn't spend too much time with that idea it's a lot more about the you know sort of the more class struggle with piltover so it's nice that they're kind of establishing more of that undercurrent and i do kind of hope that maybe that develops out even more in in season two maybe yeah jumping ahead a little bit kind of on that note uh well maybe people figured out before this but maybe i'm done dumb now we know why people weren't calling it zon because right. it literally wasn't called zon silco's the only one who used that word yeah there is no zon there it is, is no just zon. upper city and lower city piltover and the whole yeah. series is silco fighting to get zon yeah. recognized as a real thing yeah that flew over my head my b <laughs> oh interesting i, I kind of picked up on that when he was having that little uh spiel to vander and in, in episode three um mm. you know kind of speaking about it as like an a goal, right? But that's interesting. Yeah. I just never put it together that that's why it wasn't called Zon yet. <laughs> yeah, Especially the- knowing that the name Zon came from its original name, which I don't remember what that was now. Ostrazon. Ostrazon. So like yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I'm assuming if they ever touch on it, I'm assuming that's where he's getting the name Zon from. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where coming into the show, knowing nothing about League, you probably had a little bit of advantage here. Because, I think yeah. so, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is you're you're, like, you're kind of hamstrung. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will say as a random side note, I've been watching a lot of reactor YouTubers <laughs> reacting to, uh, to random episodes. And it is very interesting seeing people who have never played League before and who don't know the champions, don't know who is and isn't in the game make predictions as to like who is and isn't going to make it out of any given scenario because <laughs> we all know who's not going to die yeah, yeah. Seeing the genuine concern that people had for echo at several points <laughs> in the show was very touching Aww. yeah I, I i'd be really curious like i said i'd be really curious to almost get like a guest spot of someone who doesn't know shit about legal or just go grab someone off the street like hey watch this real quick <laughs> what do you think's Kevin. happening <laughs> <laughs> he is <Sure>. watching it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we we finally get to see our man Jace too, working in the forge making hammers like his family does. <laughs> Mark just did the <laughs> best. Like, what eye is roll. he actually doing? Right? Like, I guess we can ass- we can assume, but 
I don't know. It's a little... the forge. He's getting sweaty so that Mel can come in and put her hands all up on that. Oh, and she her got forehead all up on yeah. that. You know she took like an hour long bath after that. <laughs> the grime. Girl, your makeup's all smeared. Sarah made a good point actually because we were watching this and he is beefed up when his shirt is off. And then the next scene you see him, he's back in his uniform, and she's like, "Well, his arms are like fifty percent smaller, and they are like he he like shrinks down. He's in like a corset, like a full body corset all the time." <laughs> There's an anime. Um, I don't remember the Japanese title, but the English translation is "How heavy are the dumbbells you lift?" And there's a character on it. It's all about weightlifting. There's this character on it who looks like a normal dude, and then he takes his shirt off and becomes this massive hulking monster. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like that. <laughs> That's well, what you know. it felt like. Yeah, I mean, it, it was nice to see a different side of Jace here. I I feel like I would like a reason for why he knows how to fight people with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. I think there... he seems like a squishy science boy. <laughs> exactly, right. Well, I I will say I give him a little bit of leeway, given that like I mean, if you guys if you guys know blacksmiths in general, like a lot of them are pretty fucking yoked. So I mean, the there was a lot compare comparing him and Vi's fighting style. He was a lot more like wide swings, raw, yeah. like broad strokes. Like I hope this swing connects. <laughs> He had a few surprising finesse things, but not enough that I was, like, taken out of it. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, if you've got a hammer that's magic and you've got <laughs> muscles like fucking Jace's, you're going to do some damage. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. I would have liked, I would have, I would buy that more if they were fighting something that was slower. Like, if he was, like, mm. have Vi deal with something that was really fast and required a little bit more skill. Because we, she's been really well established in terms of her yeah. abilities. But with Jace, have him fight something, you know, kind of like from his story, like a big hulking metal minotaur type that's slow and just, you know, you can kind of brute force through it. I think that might help sell it a bit more. Yeah. I think yeah. that, and then also in this scene of him doing his shirtless workout, um, <laughs> the, the idea of him being the leader of the council was a, seemed a bit, felt a bit abbreviated to me, I guess. Because um, it seemed like, you know, he's just kind of the new kid on the block. And while he's with Mel's assistance managing to kind of make these political deals, it felt kind of like, oh, I guess he's running things. I mean, leadership is certainly something that, you know, whoever just steps up and starts leading, I could see becoming the leader, right? Like, he's the one who's kind of always taking charge and doing things, and people, I think, will naturally kind of follow that. But, you know, there's a, things like this that, like, I kind of, after all of it, I wish maybe we had, like, five more minutes on each episode mm -hmm. to just... Just help a little, a bit of these things get a little <laughs> bit more room, you know? Yeah, I'd have a hard time believing that all of these people would just sit down and let the new guy run the council after yeah. convincing them to have their 200-year-old <laughs> usual leader step down. Yeah, it's very yeah. weird. It's, it's the kind of thing where, like, if Jace were at any point to be like, this is something that's going to happen, or I will shut down the Hex Gates... Maybe that's mm. something that Jace wouldn't do, but I could imagine all the council members being like, ah, fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> fine for now. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, it, but yeah, it's a beat that we don't really get. I guess to be fair, it is Mel saying it to him. So I, I would be open to the idea of them like kind of letting him like, we'll let him think he's leading shit and he can go <laughs> off and do his things. But you know, if he ever does something that we really don't like, we're not going to actually listen to him. And Mel's at this point, especially is still kind of working to push him in certain directions. So mm -hmm. I could see that being kind of the explanation for it. 
but I think it's we're supposed to kind of interpret it as like on the level. Like, no, he's actually leading stuff. And he does kind <laughs> of further in other episodes. So, eh, you know, it's whatever. He does, he does the best that a new person with zero visibility into anything that happens into half of his city can right? do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You reminded yeah. me, though, of, like when you give your younger sibling or cousin like a controller that's not plugged <laughs> in and say that they're playing the game with you. <laughs> Got very important things for you to sign, Jace. <laughs> Here's a crayon. Right. Oh man. All right. Also, Mel says, "Try not to lose your nuts." Let's not forget about that. Oh yeah, it was a very sure. important bit. Yeah, fun little line. <laughs> uh, Cutting um, that out. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone said that in Arcane. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? And they're like, all right, we can lose this scene, right? And someone was like, this is my hill to die on. She is telling him not to lose his nuts. It's a deep metaphor. tendering my resignation. (laughs) All right, anyway. Uh, Also, very next scene, my man Silco lights up a cigar and then just puts it out. Yeah. Half a second later. I like, just lights it up and then puts it out. You felt so deeply about this moment that you, one, said something when we were all watching it together, and then two, had to write something down on your second watch. I noticed it again on rewatch. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> stuck. It's, it's, it is interesting. I mean, I, I, mean, I suppose in-universe, or literally what's hap- supposed to be happening, he's like, oh, I'm going to sit back and enjoy my cigar. It's like, ah, I got to go deal with this fucking Kim Barron shit, right? Um, but there, there's, in my mind, a, a nice little visual metaphor kind of playing throughout this series around smoking. Where So when Vander's leading things, he's got his pipe, right? And mm-hmm. when Silco's running things and kind of wealth has more f- gone down into Zahn, he's smoking a nice high-class cigar, right? And then, you know, skipping ahead to the end of Nine, you know, after Silco's gone and, you know, there's not really anyone leading. What is S- Savika trying to do at the end? She's trying to light her the cigar right and i think that's very much speaking to like you know power vacuum and her maybe trying to lead but maybe not being able to and and uh that other gang kim baron guy finn right what is he mm. always doing he's always playing with his cigar and trying to light her i don't know it's in my mind i, I thought that was a kind of a nice little like oh here's kind of talking about power in zon right and our way of showing who's in power and whatnot plus he's got a big ashtray <laughs> yes. really I'd like one and I don't even use ashtrays. <laughs> <laughs> and we get we get a nice jinx in front of the mirror scene again here. And mm. and if you haven't noticed it, I mean this is pretty a, a recurring theme throughout the series, but anytime Jinx is in front of like any type of reflective surface, it's always broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether she's like looking at a reflection in like a crystal and getting all the refracted things, like her mirror, which is always broken, like there's always reflections of Jinx broken into a bunch of different pieces, yeah. which is a kind of nice touch. Like I said in the last couple episodes, they're paying attention. They're they're really <laughs> thinking through what's happening in, on screen throughout like the scenes in this show. It's not just there, just like, there's not just a mirror or whatever. It's like it's always trying to tell us something, right? Yeah. I feel like that's tough, too, because they're paying so much attention that it's also very hard, like, Anytime you see anything, it's like, all right, well, surely they saw this and it's intentional and this is what it means. Whereas, like, there are certain times I'm sure where it's just like, oh, no, that was just a thing. That was just a mm-hmm. thing that happened. It didn't mean anything. <laughs> well, you know, I but mean. But because they pay so much attention, it makes the, the whole series rife for tinfoil theories, which, I mean, I'm I'm always a fan of. So. Sure. I mean, and sometimes, you know, it's interesting, you know, because any piece of work, sometimes when it gets out there, you can find things that even if the author didn't intend it, 
can be really strong like reads of of you know meaning and metaphor and all those types of things it's, it's interesting right i'd be curious to have like someone from maybe fortiche and or riot come in and be like yeah this was intentional this wasn't intentional but <laughs> hey it works you know so yeah we get a nice little tour of echo's lair at this point which is cool as hell you got a little baby Vestaya chewing on his daddy Vestaya's big metal claws, which was adorable. You get Echo's, I guess, first wall of loved ones, since this is, I, I, I guess, pre-seconds. I don't really know where the timeline yeah. lines up on this one. He, I mean, he doesn't but. have his thingy yet. I don't know what his yeah, name is. He doesn't be. have a Z drive. Z drive. I, well, I can never remember the name of that thing. Um, so, you know, presumably he's going to paint himself another mural at some point. But we get to see his first mural of, of lost people, which is which is always sad. Yeah. I'll, I'll be um, honest. I, I frankly assume that this is going to replace that mural. I don't think yeah. we're going to get that second's mural. I think they, they that's a strong image, and I think they decided they wanted it to use it. And so this is just going to be that. I will say yeah. I like it. I wish that mural had a lot more faces on it and a lot less of, like, Vi and Jinx and... and you know, my, like the people who we know, like really front and center. And I thought it would have yeah. been really because, like, one thing that's happening in that scene is he's trying to convince Vi, like, no, powder is not powder; it's Jinx. You've got to <laughs> understand. And I thought it would have been really powerful for him to like start pointing to a bunch of these faces that we don't know, and like Jinx killed her and him and her and him and her, and just like con- like really kind of piling on Vi, like you shit has changed in ten years or whatever, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that would have been good because yeah, definitely like. It was just them. <laughs> For the like, most part. Jinx were really front and center. Yeah, yeah, there were a bunch of smaller ones, but like, yeah, it was clear, like, I mean, you have the people with the protagonist hair on there. Yeah. And then a bunch of brunettes. <laughs> and then a bunch of brown-haired losers in the back. It's old Disgusting. bald dudes. <laughs> you don't even know them. They have brown hair. <laughs> like us normies. <laughs> yeah, this whole area is, uh, is very cool though mm-hmm. what echo's doing because one thing we did get from echo's lore um is that he's taking care of people in zon especially the orphans he's trying to take care of them and that's what we're seeing here is the place that he's given them to be safe mm-hmm. and it's sad considering how early he must have started doing I that know. to kind of build what he has now like mm-hmm. it yeah. must have been years so he i mean he was probably like 10 or something when he started i hope that season two gives us a little bit more background on echo because he's great but he doesn't have a lot of screen time i would say so i i hope that his parents are still alive because i feel like that's a really big part of his story and i'd love to see that i know mark's making it i think think they're fucking dead (laughs) i I, I (laughs) I don't know this was kind of my 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 worry about echo being in this show and i like him here but i really genuinely believe that we're going to jettison all that echo lore because i think that there's no way he was doing all this crap while also having his parents around i mean i I guess he could but i think it it starts to make the character feel really busy too to have like he's leading this underground firelight gang who's fighting silko's operations and then also he goes home to his parents and has a sweet bread or some shit you know like (laughs) yeah yeah i i I think because i feel like they establish he sees them for like 10 minutes a day generally so i don't know i could kind of see it still working but yeah it's tough too because like they they definitely established benzo as such a strong like father figure yeah. towards him early on yeah uh, he feels older in this show than he does in, in like game two that's the thing too is that in that lore and in game he comes off uh, as a younger individual so the idea of him kind of still living with his parents and them still kind of trying like hey you should go apply to be an apprentice 
um, feels more natural. Whereas here, he's like, yeah. I'm a grown ass man. I, you know, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> down to my not. shift with the firelights. I'll see y'all on Thanksgiving <laughs> or whatever, you know. I don't know. Time to save the lanes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate Echo in here. My concern is just for the other lore, and I, I don't. I don't ever want to argue that they should be, be like super beholden to the existing lore because Arcane's really fucking good. And if they have to yeah. tweak shit and change shit to make Arcane good, I'm kind of open to it. But you know, <laughs> it's but a they better not take that fucking story off of universe. I don't yeah. care if they mark it as non-canon. <laughs> Believe that. It's yeah, honestly, so good. That I would, know. Honestly, that would that would solve so many of Riot's problems if they just had like a non-canon <laughs> or old lore tag and they just like blasted the universe page with it. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a real uh, cool scene with Silco too, where we get to see the boss come out. The get, boss. He's <laughs> get all the chem barons around a table and he just fucking walks in and is like, "Hey, y'all." Breathe the air. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> this scene is fucking great. Yeah. So I love, good. He's, oh. God, I think Silco like like I said Jinx stole it act two, but Silco for me still is act three. I I love just all the ways that they handled him through this. Cause I feel like, you know, he's he's there's kind of this constant question of like, is he just bullshitting, right? Is he just in it for power? And they really someone really decided, no, he's got this really strong core of compassion for Zahn, even if it's handled through very nefarious and evil ways, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I just really liked it. And, and he, he still manages to be really intimidating and villainous and still be very humanized, I guess I would say. And I really loved it in my Yeah, mind, like I could for sure, like being able to empathize with the villain without ever actually rooting for them mm-hmm. is like a very delicate balance. Yes. Like I never wanted Silco to win, but like a I lot def- of, a lot of people did on Twitter, but <laughs> I'm seeing some. I think one one thing that I feel like people are forgetting a lot when it comes to Silco is that he did flood the streets with a powerful drug <laughs> that yes. made people addicted, so he could have power over them. So when I see people say like, "Oh, Silco and Bander were basically the same," I'm like, "No." <laughs> Please no, don't. yeah, absolutely. They, it's, <laughs> in their relationship with Jinx and Vi, I see that. Yes, that's comparative. And Silco's so good; he's such a good villain. Um, and like you said, John, I definitely empathize with him like a lot. But he also did get people addicted <laughs> to a horrible substance, and does absolutely hire right. almost exclusively children in his factory. <laughs> yes, yeah. his factory is run by like they got children, little hands that they're they're really good at manipulating <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the alarm buttons. <laughs> You know, it, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Rebecca. You know, it's I think it's it speaks almost to like the quality of how they've crafted him that people are that you find people hitting that point. Right. Where yeah. like they can almost sort of, sort of see past it when it's like, well, you, you shouldn't. Right. You should still always <laughs> kind of keep these things in mind. Um, and yeah, I would never argue that he's the same as Vander. They reach. He sympathizes with Vander's perspective. And yeah. I really like seeing that arc with Silco. I guess that was what I really liked is. You know, skipping ahead to nine, that scene with him at the statue is just like, I really loved him finally coming around to like, I can see why you did these things, Vander. And it's like, yeah. I love, I, I just love the general trope of someone like, here, here's everything you wanted. Here's everything you've been working for. All you gotta do is sacrifice one person. And then that, mm-hmm. that whoever that is saying, fuck that. I'm not, I'll burn the fucking world for that person. <laughs> I love that shit. It's great. Yeah. Which yeah. You get to see a lot in this act too, even between yeah. like, Mel and her mother, who very outright mm. says, "Like, yeah, I'll straight up burn the ground, <laughs> yeah. or burn the world to keep what we have." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
it, absolutely. There's a lot of it. Yeah, like you said, there's just a lot of it going on, um, and it's a, it's really not fun to kind of see it in these different uh, forms. I guess you, I would say across different characters and different relationships. You know. Yeah. I'm mean, to a certain extent to Jason that one like no I will I will burn Zahn if it means saving Victor <laughs> like, yeah I mean you know it's fun it's cool it's neat it's tragic <laughs> <laughs> it's something a lot of people can relate to yeah you know uh, anyway continue sorry I'm, I'm just I'm just rambling now <laughs> it's okay that's what this is for uh, yeah I was gonna say another another scene I really enjoyed here was the the second scene we get of Jinx helping Silco with his eyedropper <laughs> after she finds out the Vi's still alive. And she's like, Oh, Stabby. I was just chasing some dead ends, but <laughs> turns out they're not dead. <laughs> fucking, it was such like a menacing scene. It yeah. really was. And he doesn't fight her, which is really interesting. Yep. Jinx is really the one person with power over Silco. Yeah, right, because he's got he's found something that he cares for you know it's it's really like i said it's really interesting to see that you know what else i like small details so he's he's prepping to do his eye thing right and we've seen him do it like in act one he just he's doing it in the background no problem and here he's starting to do it and he's like uncomfortable and shaky like speaking to the fact that jinx has been doing this for him for so long that he's kind of forgotten how to do it for himself it's Mm -hmm. a nice i think it's a nice little subtle detail frankly yeah yeah i don't know well, after this is going to be shaky no matter who's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that might be a little like, Ugh. maybe I'll start doing it myself again. <laughs> yeah, and we get a a scene with Mel talking to Jace and Victor, which is going to be kind of one of the one of the first of her. I wouldn't necessarily call it a flip flop, but um, I guess. Uh, Hmm. Going in with what she thinks is a good idea and then realizing how flawed it is very soon afterwards. Hey, it happens to the best of us. I mean, it happens, it's happens to, to just about everyone in this show. Yeah, I was going to say, Jay, that's like Jay's for 98% of the runtime of this entire show is him just constantly learning from his mistakes, right? Well, I say learning from his mistakes, making mistakes and then thinking he's learned and then making another mistake. Yep. <laughs> just ad nauseum. Um, but I really liked that scene just because it was nice to get her and Victor and Chase all in a room and just talking about it and just having them react in character. And it was it was nice that we kind of got that in a nice little quiet scene. I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed them starting to talk about these ideas. Yeah, you know? I like I liked seeing them together as companions because I think up until this point, a lot of people weren't sure what Mel's intentions were. And I think at this point, they're not fully clear, but I don't know. You get a different view of her in this moment. There's no like animosity between her and Victor or stuff like that. Yeah. yeah he like disagrees with her for sure. But like, yeah, they're not like, yeah, they're not fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I like her. So she's got a line here. Um, it's like, Oh, well let's build the weapons and then we'll hope we never have to use them. <laughs> And it was it was very interesting comparing that a little like I think next episode to a kind that her a line that her mother has, uh, which was, "Weapons can't be unmade, and they are always used." Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Very, that's a good I think point. that's. I mean, that's truly that's very intentional, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of lines, I like Victor's little line of "There's always a choice," right? I, I. I really sympath or I really agree, I guess I'll say, with that whole perspective. And I always like when people kind of start or when characters kind of refuse to be constrained in how they think, right? And Victor mm-hmm. is like the the perfect character to think that way. To kind of always look for there's a there is a solution, there's a way to solve this problem. Right. 
This is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then we very quickly, Jace is like, I've got to think. And then I can't. <laughs> we see Jace's beautiful crayon drawing of uh we like could, we couldn't get over this this is all we talked about for the next 24 hours i'm pretty <laughs> sure when we were all hanging out was grace Drace's crayon drawing i want it i want to recreate it i want it as an in-game icon that i can oh. set never change it or an emo could you imagine if you could flash that <laughs> little jace with a hammer and a cloak oh man I want like a four panel comic of him like not taking any appointments and working like in his uh, his counselor's <laughs> office for hours on that shit. I've got important fucking counselor duties to do. <laughs> Bring me more yeah, red we, crowns. It's perfect. <laughs> we did assume that he made this like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so funny because they really built up what he was looking at for so long and then his mom came in and I, I genuinely thought it was a picture of him and his mom when he was young because they made that relationship very important and then they fucking <laughs> drops it and it's this crude crayon drawing oh Jace age 23 <laughs> <laughs> I mean he does sign every and page of his notes so. yeah. <laughs> frankly that would have been a really nice detail if he had had his little, little Jace age 7 or whatever signature on it Yeah, that would have been carrying that through but uh, and anyway what else happened in uh, this episode i mean I, if you notice too the bookmark was actually on the page of the picture of the rune wars i would assume that uh we saw a flash of when heimerdinger first talked about it yeah you get that yeah. Like, olden day picture of you know that shit blowing up and that was what the what was bookmarked in the book mm-hmm. um which was interesting that he went straight from there to like, yeah, all right, I will weaponize this. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel right? like he spent way too oh, long on, looking at the picture and yeah. not at the book that was... So, so there I were mean, two maybe. things in front of him. There was history of magic being used to destroy the world, but also there was a crayon drawing of him as a superhero, Wait, and I, that's what he decided was like, really important follow. I could be a superhero, couldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Look hey, at man, that big, you... big boy hammer. <laughs> I could be big, big boy. <laughs> big boy hammer that goes pew pew <laughs> it is a little silly I guess that he even as a child envisioned himself with the Jace hammer like I don't know you want to think of something like crazy like childish imagination you can have anything it's like oh, I want a big fucking hammer yeah I mean I guess his family made hammers but ex- you would think that he would like that would make him not want a hammer be right? like no I'm gonna be different mom <laughs> if his family made couches would he have a big fuck off couch that he was swinging around <laughs> He was lounging on all the time. Right. <laughs> Fuck off couch. It's like, shoots those little, like, foot rests oh, at people. No. <laughs> These motherfuckers going to be hella comfy. Uh, Man. Couch cushions like a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're like 35 minutes in. We're still on seven. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we get the first evolution of Victor's Hextech core here, too. After he injects himself with shimmer and then cuts his hand open after the shimmers in his bloodstream and puts it over the Hextech core and then it transformed from regular Hextech core into very void-like it's, Hextech it is a, That is some void shit. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said when I saw it. Yeah, it's, it's like that shit void. 
Yeah, there, we were speculating because purple means void in League, but no, that this is the void, dude. Yeah. And I, if, and what's interesting about this is we want a void event. This is what we've been dying for. I never would have expected anything in Arcane. And if you had told me at the end of Act 1 that they were going to start working the void in, I would have been like, that's not going to work. But yeah. they're building it in a way that is very good. Like this mm-hmm. very slow revelation, getting hint of Victor's like extra, like his leg and his hand later mm-hmm. and how they look they're really like they're planting seeds that yeah. aren't going to bloom yet <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and from an external perspective too from someone who like knows nothing about league or anything like too like you'd have no idea that this is void this yeah. is just some weird ass magic that got a bit <laughs> organic and weird uh-huh. yeah exactly right it's nice and subtle i could i would love to see God, could you imagine we get to Arcane Season 8 and then at, like that shit has just been constantly kind of in the background, right? Like, oh man, that would be great. And yeah, like you said. And then we finally get the Void Creatures lore's updated. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Well, I was going to say, it could be interesting if we get other shows that also are planting little seeds about the Void yeah, at the yeah. same time. Something mm. like that. That could be interesting. Yeah, if they don't like doing that. Cinematic universe where each yeah. show is pointing and then you get the Avengers. Uh... Mm-hmm. But this one would be good. No, I'm so sorry, Marvel fans. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was super mean. Avengers is I'll fine. It's just not for me. <laughs> no, Avengers uh, is fine. Uh, yeah. And immediately downloads drop to two. <laughs> no, right. no, no. I'm now everyone's least favorite lore. <laughs> I just really like Batman versus Superman. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, now it dropped to one because you got the one DC fan out there. <laughs> All right, anyway. So this whole, this episode ends with the bridge scene, which was fucking awesome oh my from God. beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, first, first note I have here is that Marcus sucks. He starts a weak chump and he dies a weak chump. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get any final words. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that is his character, right? He's uh, like I said, he's a he's a coward to the end. He couldn't, you know he he was not able to pull the trigger on. He can't go one way or the other, right? He can't mm-hmm. pull the trigger on Caitlyn, but at the same time, he can't stand up and do the the right thing either, right? And yeah. and and yeah. thus justly, he is not able to get a final word out, right? Very nice. Did you see he's missing he can't an arm? Pull the trigger too? on Echo. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he did, I suppose. I was going to say, at the, like, he's missing an arm, too, after his, like, uh, in, after that little explosion sequence. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's very... I don't think like, I noticed that. It's, it's very dark, but that left arm is gone, man. Oh, nice. He got fucked up. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, that's the one that the, the thing landed on. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> man, that yeah. whole explosion thing was so fucking cool. Like, they, like, they introduced the firelights really real early. early on. Yeah. And then, so when they're on the bridge, you're like, oh, okay, they must have followed them from the underground but these are different fire lights yeah yeah i remember yeah. thinking I was like, so cool. what is happening what is supposed to be happening mm-hmm. here and then it's a nice dawning realization and they even kind of plant like isn't it in act two at some point jinx is kind of picking apart the little mechanical things yeah. it's oh, not yeah. it's yeah they were flying around during progress day mm-hmm. yeah there's even a little shot where when vi and echo and kate are kind of walking along the bridge vi looks up at one of the lamp the street lamps or whatever and it cuts to little things flying around it and i'm fairly certain the sound is their little mechanical wings just mm. to kind of help give you more hints of what's about to happen <laughs> that's great i, I yeah. loved jinx up there like a gargoyle too by the way uh, spying on them yeah. and just talking to herself the, all of then, this was so good and mm-hmm. after the explosions happen she walks across the bridge singing the river pilt song oh. from the first yep. episode executes one of the enforcers it's it's a cold blood it's like poetry it rhymes right (laughs) (laughs) 
but it does actually. That was it's really a good. deep cut, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> you know, he wasn't wrong. That's what good uh, good things should do a lot of the time. You know, it's mm-hmm. he just didn't do it. Oh. Um, but yeah, the I, I fight scene here. Yeah, though, Jinx and Echo's fight scene. Holy shit! It's devastating. It is. Be- so fucking good. It, have you guys ever seen? I'm pretty sure you haven't, Mark. Have you ever seen Hero? He, uh, you made me watch that. that no, that, I made you watch Legend. Oh, okay. Like that? Is that like a the, that Jet Li kind of historical marsh like film where he's going to kill yeah. the like the emperor? Three, like, yeah, where he's trying to kill the emperor, but he to get close to the emperor, he has to kill the three top enemies of the emperor. But like there's once. one fight scene from that movie where. He and the other guy um, are just playing out the entire fight in their head. And you get to see a fight scene, but it's not actually happening. It's Mm. just happening in their head. And then when the fight scene actually happens, it's just over in a second. (laughs) They've played it through. They know how it's going to end. They go through and and Jet Li wins it. Um, But this had huge hero vibes on that shit. It was Mm. so good. (laughs) I've only seen it once, and it was a long time ago. But it makes me want to watch it again because I love love that. I love the idea of referencing some childhood game that they played and and bringing it back to, like, the tragedy of what's actually happening. It does make me wish... This is why I was saying I wish we had, like, five more minutes in other episodes because I would have loved to have seen them... Spend a little more, like just Echo and Powder spend a little bit more time in Act One to really kind of drive home how sad it is that this is where they find themselves, right? Yeah, I agree. They don't have a lot of time together, I think, in Act One. In in general, I think Echo just being a bigger part of Act One, I think, would have made this more emotional. For sure. I think it just speaks to the quality of the scene that even then, like the fact that we have no reference for this and we're just all seeing, learning it like as it's happening still really lands. Right. And I was very kind of surprised. Like the the style of it is is great. It's, it's, and like you said, the kind of playing through the fight scene in your head and then having it all happen very quickly in real time is fun. And um, I was very surprised that that sequence where he's kind of got her pinned and they're kind of, their eyes meet and he, and it's, it's sad, and I was really surprised mm-hmm. at how much it made me feel sad for what was happening, you know, because I was like, this is cool and all, but I was like, man, this is actually very, like, very tragic, you know? Yeah, and you, I, I, I don't know if Echo's, like, killed people at this point, but you very much got the feeling that he might have been able to kill her if it wasn't powder, you yeah, know what I mean? Else. <laughs> yeah, that that hesitation was very sad, and then yeah. she made them go boom. Yeah, because yeah. they've been fighting all episode with Vi. Like, no, you don't understand. She's yeah. not even in there anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no powder. It is just Jinx. And then seeing and then seeing powder in her eyes mm-hmm. was so sad. It was sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's also during this fight scene too, they bring back the crow symbolism, which yeah. I don't really, I don't 100 percent get it quite yet i don't know if that's just something that they decided they wanted to associate with her or whether there's some some deeper symbolism there that i'm not quite getting or uh, maybe swain is spying on her the whole time maybe swain's just <laughs> spying and, and such a big part of her life that he made it into this scene where where echo is represented by a giant firelight behind his body and jinx is represented by a giant crow <laughs> yeah i don't know either it's the thing is, is that they have to know that when people see black birds, they're going to think either Swain or, or Fiddlesticks, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah. Who knows? I don't know, though. We'll see. Uh, last thing I had on this one is just the look on Vi's face when she hears the explosion, and she knows that 
either Echo or Jinx, or maybe both of them are probably dead now, was mm-hmm. okay. another real oh, no, devastating okay. look on her face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're 43 minutes in. <laughs> I regret nothing. Well, we were farting around at the start, too, you know. <laughs> you don't have to edit this. Of course you regret nothing. <laughs> you leave everything in. Everything's gold. <laughs> All right, episode eight. All right, so uh, this is, we start with the Mel backstory scene, right? Um, yeah. Yes. This, this is a was neat little great. one. Yeah. It was. And yeah, we get a real good quote that's going to be called back later, too, from Mel's mom here. They said, Your brother thinks he can talk his way out of anything. He mm-hmm. fancies himself a fox in a den of wolves. But if you want to survive in this world, you have to be both a fox and a wolf. Yeah. And then Mel's brother dies. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You know, okay, so here was something I noticed. Um, so her mom, Ambessa, comes in dressed very Noxian. Uh, Mel is mm-hmm. not dressed like an Oxian at all. No. She's, so does that imply that she was acting as a spy in wherever it is that this is that they just took over? I was wondering so, if that's what was trying to tell us. I know some people have been speculating that maybe Mel is adopted um, and she's not from Noxus herself. And a lot of people are seeing a lot of Solari uh, images hmm. in her outfits. So interesting that she came from there. Cause I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I could see Mel being adopted just because Noxus takes over so many areas for for her to take a child. I could see that. I could also see her being like a, a war mason that had a connection with the you know the girl that got brought in by Ambessa. Yeah, that was kind of my yeah. read on it. But the Solarian thing is interesting, especially with kind of the weird thing that happens at the end of episode nine with her. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously going to save her life because Mel's not going to yeah. die. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Mel has another line here, too, where they're talking about someone that they want to install, I guess, into power here. And she said, we should have someone with a kind, fat face, clever enough to charm her subjects, but pliable so we can mold her. Which very much sounds like Jace foreshadowing. <laughs> is For sure. exactly what she did. <laughs> yeah. This is, again, why I think this is trying to tell us that she's doing the exact same thing even as a kid in this this other place is that just her whole life this is what she has been trained and taught to do you know yeah another good line from her mom here when they're talking about having to kill that you know that one girl said we can kill her now and then only one must die let her live and we may need to kill thousands it's very interesting like view of like the noxian mentality which is still ultimately focused on preventing bloodshed in the most bloodshedy way possible. <laughs> in the most badass fucking. <laughs> I hope Noxus is developed more in season two because as of right now, if I were an outsider, I would be like, oh, Noxus equals bad guys, which yeah. is how I did used to feel about Noxus and not that I agree with all of their ways. Obvious, I do not. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like more going on in Noxus than just <laughs> this. I trust. In, in general, I, I trust Riot and Fortiche yeah. at this point. They seem to have mm-hmm. gotten, at least when it comes to this, the rest of their lore, who the fuck knows. But with this, they <laughs> seem to have really, really gotten a, a firm grasp of the idea of nuance when it comes to you yes. know, people and, and organizations and all that jazz. So I was going to say, does this go directly to Silco getting onto the bridge? Is that kind of the immediate next scene? Uh, pretty much. I do think that there is... Uh... We do get a quick when when Mel wakes up, she's just in bed with Jace, which I also thought was funny because the last time we saw Jace before that was him saying, "I have to go think," and then <laughs> now he's that's not that's not where you go think, Jace. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, then we go to Silco on the bridge, and we find out that fucking Jinx's pickpocket skills again over one hundred. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I really, I guess again, Silco. I really liked his reaction to seeing Jinx because it very re- it reads as very genuine, like panic and concern. Yeah, and I, I really was uh, starting to like. Okay, interesting. He, they're really maybe going to make him actually really care about her because I think it's still kind of up in the air at this point. Um, but again, there's this nice humanizing touches with the characters here and him in particular, you know? Yeah, I was definitely wrong about where the relationship was going to go. I thought it was genuine at the end of Act 1 and that he would eventually um, just be trying to manipulate her. But yeah. that's not really what's going on. Yeah. But, yeah. And then when he... <laughs> I like, too, when he brings her to Singed, we, get, we first get a shot of Singed's lab just kind of singed by himself in his lab and the first thing he's doing is just peeling a flap of his own skin off his face i did not notice is it one of the ba- i thought it was it one of the bandages that was probably like you know how you get a bandage on a wound and it starts to kind of like get scabbed over and you gotta rip it off mm. i like i took another look because i was curious about that but i think it was just his face oh man i'll have like, to take another I- look yeah, like it was, it just looked like a flap of skin because it, when he put his thing back up, it didn't even look like he had bandages on the spot that he had just mm-hmm. covered back up. Is uh, yeah, Interesting. but then you know, Silco pops in, he's got some shit to do. Uh, one thing that I found was interesting about the scene so we know, like, we know how much singed experiments can really fuck with people's psyches. Like, just pretty much everyone he experiments on just, like, fucking breaks. Um, <laughs> so it is, it's interesting to see. And Jinx at this point has been through, I think, enough tipping points in her life to be completely gone. And it would be justifiable, I would say, for her to basically just not be in there anymore. Uh, but I like that e- even after being on Singed's operating table and after all the other shit, like, Obviously, yes, she has some demons she's got to work through, but she's still in there, which is impressive. Sure, it's a fair point. She's a tough motherfucker, in you know all things considered. I thought it was yeah, just kind of, I thought it was just kind of a fun little line where he had to drug Silco for his sanity. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the exact same thing, and he's just like, I had a daughter once. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, knocks him out. Yeah, that sure. was great. I mean, in general, speaking of Jinx's sanity, I think I loved how the the insanity kind of sequences through this and, and kind of uh, a little bit later on. Well, are just everything gets ratcheted up another. They cranked it again. You know, it, they're real. <laughs> it's really started like she comes off really unhinged, and I really like that because in Act Two, it's like, oh yeah, she's kind of crazy, but you know, like you said, you could see her getting pulled back to being powder, right? Especially in that reuni- reuniting with Vi. But after all this shit, it's it's like man. She, like I said, got a lot of demons to work through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think she's ever going to work through no, them. No. No. <laughs> and I mean, if Caitlyn looked like Caitlyn looks when Jinx looks at her, I'd be scared of her too. <laughs> Jinx's version of Caitlyn is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a, true. That was just a fun detail in, in general for them to play with, right? Like having her see like those expressions on her face and, and seeing Sin just Caitlyn and all that. It's like, this is fun. It's a lot of fun that they had there. They did. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Then we get the sweet scene with uh, Mel's mom in the tub and Jace is there. <laughs> this woman is the best. <laughs> uh, we also like, man, Jace adopted the counselor very quickly. Like, 
this is the I think this is the second or third time that someone's referred to him as as Mr. Uh, Talis. Yeah, Mr. Talis. He's like <clears throat> counselor. Like literally after the very first day he was appointed to counselor, uh, Marcus was like, "Oh, Mr. Talis." I remember counselor Talis. I mean, you do have to remind people if it's a new title. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean again, n- again, nicely speaking to his his character of really wanting to like like no, I'm here and I'm gonna solve problems. I'm J- I'm Counselor Jace Talis and I got the fucking solution to your problem. Oh, oops, I fucked it up but again. But do you, Jace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, I read ahead on your notes and I regret it. Wait, what did you get to? Is, oh. <laughs> do you want me to say it? <laughs> Never mind. I think I know where you're at. <laughs> do you want me to say it out loud? I mean, I guess. I mean, he it's said, in my notes. Is Victor on Wiki feet yet? <laughs> There were so many close-ups of his feet in this episode. He's got S plus tier. He's a foot god. <laughs> but before that, we do need to talk about the very important scene in which Caitlin and Vi go into Caitlin's room and her mom barges in with a gun. Because that shit was so good. Mm. I loved that scene. That uh. cracked me up. I also love how Vi... Now, Vi knows that Caitlyn's from Piltover, but she clearly had no idea, like, how wealthy Caitlyn was. And I love her being in this and be like, where the hell are we? Like, you're in her bedroom, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even recognize that. Yeah, she's like, when you're counselor friends, like, she thinks it's like, oh, a counselor must live here. Which I guess they are a council yeah. family, it's but technically, still. Technically, yeah. It's true. <laughs> still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you God. know, my mom is my friend. It counts. Yeah. I'm really interested in, in learning more about Caitlin's parents. I hope they're also in our in Act 2, or um, in Season 2 a little bit more. Why are you giving me that look, Mark? Well, I so think her mom thing is that, like, Oh, you think they're dead. Okay. <laughs> this was that one of those sense. things that I was curious if was going to be retconned. Yeah. Or, or if it's just evidence that whatever happened in the final scene, Mel was going to be able to protect some of the people at least but mm. yeah well if anything her dad will still be alive right? yeah yeah i mean yeah. they just certainly seem wouldn't like... be beyond them to retcon something like that like instead yeah. of searching for parents searching for dad, dad it wouldn't be a yeah. big retcon <laughs> yeah. i just i think they're more understanding than i would have expected or given them credit for and it's just it's, it's an interesting look at parents in this kind of situation you just wouldn't expect them to yeah. have any redeemable qualities really but i yeah. think that they especially do. pilty parents yeah mm. yeah yeah exactly with i did much, like to when oh, go ahead. i was gonna say with how much her and her mom kind of butt heads right like you wouldn't have expected her to relent at all and her yeah. you know, her dad kind of plays mediator a little bit there's a lot of stuff going on with parents in general in this show i'd be interested yes. to rewatch <laughs> it with that in mind frankly mm-hmm I liked the the scene where they were at the council too, and Vi gets all pissy and leaves, and then like just the glance between Caitlin and her mom there, where her mom's like, "Yeah, go get her, champ." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah, well, that council scene's kind of interesting too. I guess I was a little surprised that it's interesting. So Vi has her little—I don't want to say outburst. It's kind of an outburst, I suppose. I thought it was interesting that she was at the point of willing to kind of I guess almost sacrifice the undercity f- for the potential of saving powder right like she was kind of saying yeah we need to go to essentially war right there's no diplomatic solution which is which is also interesting because she's also wrong right like we know ultimately from from nine that there is a diplomatic solution and it just requires again there's always a choice it just requires really unconstrained thinking you know is this is this kind of interesting the way that these mo- the character motivations are starting to kind of mm-hmm run against what you would kind of expect because you would think that she would be like like echo like oh well we need to protect the undercity we got to protect zomb blah 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 but 
but no, it makes a lot more sense that she's willing to... I, I, I do think her priority was just taking down Silco, which would help Zahn, ultimately. Like, Silco should not be in power in Zahn mm. um, because of how he's treating the people. I, I, you know, yeah, I'm sure it was she wanted to kill Silco so she could get Powder back, but also Silco just, like, shouldn't be in power there. It's, it's certainly true too, because, like, and, she, and she solves everything by fighting. She's not going <laughs> to yeah. have a diplomatic uh, solution. To shit. Sure, yeah. When uh, I mean, even I mean, Silk even mentioned it when he gave his demands to Jace. Like Jace didn't haggle those demands at all either. Again, yeah. kind of paralleling early Jace not haggling for all the goods that he bought. <laughs> yeah. But um, like the the thing is, Silco has already, you know, kind of made a deal with Piltover and then gone back on it with Marcus. Yeah, originally. They, don't, like, they don't know that. No, That's but true. we also, as viewers, have no reason to believe. Like, it seems like the only thing that Piltover was getting out of this was he was going to stop production of Shimmer. And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, 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 we're doing that. We're, we're almost done, even. <laughs> like, he has no incentive to actually do that. <laughs> I, I guess I disagree because I think at Silco's core, his driving motivation is an idealistic one and the idea of actually getting a sovereign nation of Zahn, right? Like, I, I think that, yes, he he uh, enjoys the... I, I mean, yeah, to a degree, enjoys the power, um, but it is ultimately, in my read on it, is that he sees it as a means to an end and, and one that he's willing... He's willing to make sacrifices or, more importantly, me- force other people to make sacrifices for that goal, right? And that was always kind of the, the big, it seemed anyway, the, the big difference between him, between him and Vander is that Vander recognized that, you know, these means are causing sacrifices that are not, it's not you who sacrifices, it's these people around you, right? Kind of like Darius and Noxus, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, service to Zahn, it costs, you know, sons and daughters and, and, and blood. Um, so I, I would I would believe that Silka would honor at least as much of that deal as necessary to ensure that Zahn stayed sovereign, right? Because I think that was that was something that was at his core in terms of drive. You know? I am Possibly. curious what what his view of Zahn actually looks like that he's trying to either save or create. Because mm. it seemed like he had a lot of bitterness about the work that the people in Zahn had to do. It was always unsafe and all that stuff. And being a sovereign nation doesn't make any of that go away. And it like once once you become a sovereign nation too, I mean, all of the problems that you created by flooding shimmer everywhere, like those problems are still there. Like you've created a sovereign nation that is broken, not all because of you, because it was broken ahead of time, but it's certainly more broken because of you. Like yeah. was that was that your vision? That's what you want? <laughs> well, I think that's the thing is I would say he's almost blinded by it, right? Like he, yeah. he, he, like you said, he doesn't, maybe he hasn't or is ignoring or is just like so um, like hyper-focused on this this goal that he has not actually thought about. Like you said, what does that look like after? You're, you're, you're just so caught up in trying to get there that you, it, I would be very interested to have seen what would have happened. Like you said, of, you know, there he is, you've got it all. Now what do you do, right? Now what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I think if he just suddenly stopped making Shimmer, he would have an uproar, a sure. riot yeah, of I mean, people. Vi even says yeah. as much that if we, you know, that's and that's why they target it, right? Is because he'll is it the, it will not support him. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's why I find Silka so interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Now we get a, a nice parallel scene here with uh, Victor doing his running on the bridge, too, and finally outrunning the boats that are yep. in the harbor. <laughs> I love this fucking uh, scene. It was so good. It's so fucking good, man. I don't have much to say. It's mm-hmm. just it's just fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, very soon after, we get the scene with Sky. Yeah, people are having mixed feelings on this that I'm seeing, and some saying that like um, the sacrifice didn't quite mean as much because we didn't really know her. She has like three lines, I think, in the whole thing, and she just kind of dies, and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. This and, is all. Uh, oh, go ahead. To that point, this is also why I feel like f- five more minutes and give us a little bit more of Sky and just let that. Fl- I, I understand that it's it's super impactful to Victor. It makes perfect sense, but. As an audience member, it'd be nice to have it impact me a little bit more, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we also see Victor not really give a shit about Sky or interact <laughs> with her, which some people were then saying, like, that's kind of what made it powerful is the fact that her death hit him so hard because he realized that he'd really fucked up and, and had that much devastation for someone that he's known for a long time, but he didn't really give the time of day, ultimately, I think. I'm not sure, yeah. though. Mostly, I just, this is a huge reason why I don't want Mel to be dead. I don't want Mel to be dead because I like her, but also she's the only other black woman in this show and the other one was also sacrificed to further the plot of the sad white man, so... <laughs> her mom. <laughs> yeah, and her, mo- her mom's not a main character, though. I mean, unless she becomes one in the next season, but... More lines than Sky. She did have more lines <laughs> yeah. than Sky. you're right. <laughs> I think... So my, my kind of take on it was that Sky's death uh, was... It was definitely, a, in my mind at least, kind of a symbolic death of the idealized version of Victor yeah. that she held in her mind. Because she had a very, mm. she has a picture of Victor in her mind and who he is. And I think this scene was the start. And, and that Victor, to be fair, like exists at that time. Mm-hmm. And I think when Sky dies, that's probably the death of that version of Victor too. I think mm-hmm. this is going to this is going to kick off uh you know the new chapter of Victor. I am sure. curious where they're going to go with it. I mean it's also big because you know Victor's whole thing is that he wants to help everyone and I feel like I've always had he's always been talking about Zon in that way. Like he wants to help Zon with Hextech and Sky is one of the people he seems to have brought with him or maybe just met up with again after she also left Zon and she's this very like innocent sacrifice of like you know one of the people he was really trying to help yeah so, I mean again like doubt that it's void <laughs> I think this is the most clear visual of someone being undone as the void is described yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of you know I kind of forgot that that's how it, what it talks it's described as doing in that piece like we just read about Jax too but you're absolutely right um, but yeah, this is again, this is what I was saying. I, I just want more of a character um, because yeah. I think, like you said, trying to really kind of hone in on that aspect of, well, she's also from the Undercity, right? She's very analogous to you in terms of, you know, I assume pull yourself up and out uh, of the, the mire to, you know, even to be working for Victor is a pretty high aspiration for a, a sump <laughs> rat, you know, it's yeah. so giving, uh, establishing that more, I guess is what I would have liked maybe to really again show us the the tragedy of what's just happened um yeah yeah i don't know i feel like victor's still (laughs) 
get out you're fired from the podcast (laughs) but i think victor is still victor in a lot of ways the victor that we see in like jace's lore is so vastly different i don't know how and when we're going to get to that point but then again like i like we were talking about that was from jace's point of view after they'd had their falling out so yeah i do think i do think victor is going to stick to the idea of i'm trying to help zon in any way i can but yeah yeah yeah. i don't I don't think there's going to be much change in in that. Mm. I I wondered if maybe he would cut off those void parts and replace them with machine and you know. Oh, that would be he's, great. Yeah, because he's not voidy, and I don't think they're going to change him to be voidy. It seemed like it would be a nice way of him rejecting some of that and turn and a catalyst to turn towards the you know machine good. Yeah, but mm-hmm. neat. Hmm. Yeah, and then we get the big raid. Uh, another awesome fight scene along with some awesome music here. Uh, one question I had, are those chemtech thugs just hanging out in those suits all the time, just like standing up like, oh, nope, nobody hits this? Because this had to have been the first time that button got hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like yeah. The, I like the idea that button gets pressed and they're like, uh, what do we do? I don't know. No one ever told us what to do if that gets pressed. <laughs> It's like those people, like, you know, there are people who are constantly listening for, like, alien activity. It's like if something actually happened, they'd be like, hang on, I had training for this, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I will say, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but it definitely seems like as soon as the thugs have to face Vi and Jace, as opposed to just the nameless enforcers, it's kind of like the the multiple ninja rule where they all get nerfed real hard. <laughs> mm, they just kind of they all move slower. They all hit slower. <laughs> yeah, they do move a little slower. I think that's a bit of a, sh- a shame. The action scene is good, but I I agree because they are shown to be exceedingly quick when they're like you said dealing with the enforcers, and then that kind of slows down so we can see a bit more of the action, which I get. We need to be able to see shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, that little kid that Jace hit with the shock blast oh. had to... I feel like he had to have, like, an adamantium <laughs> frame to survive the shock blast and then survive the fall. This long fall. What was really great is he fell. It took forever. It made that slapping sound. And I jokingly said, maybe he's okay. And then, like, a little bit later, they go down and he's still alive? Yeah. Excuse me? Right? No. I know he's just alive for, like, half a second. But so Jace still. can see him die and feel worse or whatever, but I think seeing him mangled and dead would have been just as powerful. He didn't have to see yeah. him. That kid would have grown up to be a superhero. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> hey, man, he League of Legends champion villain. that, you know what, that's what happens whenever they ideate a champion and they get stuck in the freeze box. Like, that. Eh, Jace killed him. No, but yeah, I agree. It, it's silly. You know, you don't need Jace to see that kid dying. You know, you just need to show, like, his hand off screen, have Jace throw up again, you know, like, easy peasy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then we close the episode by seeing Caitlin do a very bad job at forgetting about Vi Aww. in the <laughs> coolest shower ever. <laughs> and then it was a great shower. Having a real cool mirror reveal. This whole like end was the, great. Yeah. Final scene with like the one glowing jinx eye in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, Jinx's image there in the back was great. And I mean, you know, getting on to the last episode now. We don't see Caitlyn for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Or Jinx, really. That's another one of those ones where watching the reactors react to it, everyone was like, oh, Caitlyn's dead. <laughs> Caitlyn's for sure dead. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, maybe if, if she weren't a champion. Imagine a world where there are no champions. Maybe Caitlyn dies. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not mad at it, but... Oh, no, no I don't want her to be dead. No, I don't want her to be dead. <laughs> oh. And episode nine. Uh, I like how it opens up. We're getting some aftermath of the raid, and Jace is finally like, oh, shit, no, like, oh, no, I'm a part of it. And then he and Vi have that showdown that's like, no, you've always been a part of it. You've yes. just been fucking ignoring yes. it. Yes, <laughs> I love how angry Vi got because she's like, it's another dead Zon kid. Like, you have no idea how many dead Zon kids I've had to fucking see in my life, you piece of shit. I know, <laughs> like, I- She's, she says, like, there's hundreds more where that came from. And I was thinking we said, yeah. like, back in, like, Act 1, it's like, well, we can't kill Zong kids every episode. It's like, well, there's... Maybe we can. There's a lot they to go try. around. <laughs> and then her line when he was like, give me those gloves back. He's like, I can't let you leave with those. And she said, then I guess you're going to need to kill another trencher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like their little... First of all, love to see got him try. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> I love their little conflict, and you know, I'm mm-hmm. glad it doesn't go into an actual action sequence. It's just fun to see them again. I like the characters just talking about things, and even if they're <laughs> arguing about them, it's just nice, you know. Yeah. Um, this is where where Victor also kind of has his goodbye to Sky and dumps her ashes, but I know it's not really discussed at any point because this. I mean, they had a lot to cover in this episode, but. Man, Victor's gonna have some explaining to do. How long do you think people are gonna believe that Sky's on sabbatical before he has to come out and and say what happened? I I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. think he ever has to say it. There's never any yeah. evidence. Yeah, she, she just don't know where she is. She's she's missing. She you didn't know, come back. I do. It's Runeterra. It's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, she, <laughs> hey, she's a she's still a Zon kid at heart, and you know they got right. a short she shelf life. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> She wanted to watch an opera. Now she's dead. Like, yeah. People in Zon. Yeah. You know, I, I do feel like Victor breaks down more over her death than Jace breaks down over killing a, a kid. I will mm-hmm. say. Um, I wish we got a bit more of reaction from Jace. And I, I kind of hope that they carry some of that through on his character in season two. Because that's a, that's a really massive thing to have happen to you. Even if yeah. complete accident. Like if I accidentally sh- you know, shock blasted Shot a kid. A child. Yeah. I would be pretty fucked up. I will just yeah, say, I, you know. Yeah, I definitely hope he has lingering trauma from yep. that for sure. I want everybody to have lingering tra- trauma. <laughs> Especially these fucking pilties. They never have any goddamn trauma. So what do y'all think about the idea that this kid was like that Kim Barron lady's son? That to me was a little silly. And why Why um, do you think that is the case is also my question. I think they wanted, so I think they wanted that the Kim Barons to have another reason to turn on Silco maybe. Because mm. he doesn't do anything about her kid being dead that makes really sense. and she's fucking pissed yeah, i think they just did it to give silco that one badass fucking line <laughs> yeah <laughs> would have had your son killed for this but i guess we're ahead of schedule on that front <laughs> yeah Fuck, <dude. laughs> what a brutal. boss <laughs> pretty fucking cold yeah i don't know I, I i agree with with your take on it rebecca it did seem a little strange to me because he's like yeah he, he's the closest thing to a counselor's son in zon he would probably not be mm-hmm. doing that yeah whatever yeah i don't know why she would have her kid there you know what I she's know. she she doesn't believe in, in in privilege she wants him to get a you go out there and you work in the drug factory <laughs> work in that drug factory it's you're in the charge best of calling these crazed have. fucking monsters okay oh my god yeah. it's rough in the undercity man it's true 
We had a nice scene here with Mel and her mom, too, where Mel's mom is um, trying to convince her to just let the war happen. She's given her a little bit of background. She's like, just just let this war happen, and then you can come on back to Noxus. Um, and as she's kind of giving her that speech, I like that we again get the the entire background of this whole scene is Mel's picture again, which we see a little bit later. And it's like a big picture, but it's not as big as it is made to seem in this scene for sure. But it is the entire backdrop of the scene, just a mm-hmm. big picture of Noxus as they're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a nice way of underscoring. She's like, you can come home and it's, they're obviously backed by. I thought this one was interesting because I'm really curious to understand what is happening in Noxus right now because we know that Mel's brother died. Yeah. He crossed the wrong man. And more importantly, her mom is talking about how this person, whoever this antagonist is, his resources exceed theirs. No, like, and that they, they need that Hextech. That's the, that's the whole reason she's here is because they need that Hextech weapon to deal with it. And I know, I feel like people, a lot of people are thinking it's Urgot. Um, I can't help but feel like Swain because I feel like yeah. somebody whose resources could exceed this grand Noxian house who's like matriarch is this renowned general. It's That's like... To me, Urgot seems like two small potatoes, right? It's It seems like that's a Swain thing. I don't know. I'm I could curious. see Urgot being a villain in the next season, but not in Noxus, necessarily. Yeah. And it seems timeline-wise, too... I yeah, mean, I was going to ask, when does Swain take over? Well, it was... And kill the... Or whatever his name was. They didn't have a king, right? Well, they had... Yeah, uh, who was it? Borm Darkwill was the yeah. emperor. Um, emperor, yeah. Time-wise, like... I, I think it's viable that Singed could have already developed chemicals uh, yeah. for them. So, I mean, we could already be past the original Noxus-Ionian war, which would, you know, mean that it's close to the time where Swain would have had his uprising. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I, I, I agree with that. I would like it to be Swain, because I think that makes more sense. And I think, like I said, I think Urgot's a little too small scale for this. And, I, um, and I'd love to fucking see Swain. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, <laughs> the end of season two, we just get the la- like the last oh, little teaser or yeah. something. Um, I was going to say, I think the only my only regret or potential, like, oh, it's a shame with that, is that I, would, I think Riven would be a really strong main character for a Noxus arc. Mm. And I think if you're going to do Riven, you need to have the scene of her getting you know, blasted with singed, singed uh, chemicals. <laughs> you need that on screen. You can't do that off screen. So, and that will see. I mean, you can mm. do what they did here. Time skip. Yeah, I mean, you, you can do a lot yeah. of different things. I don't know. Um, yeah, Riven is definitely more of a face in League, I would say. So I could see them wanting to put her yeah. in this, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess new, uh, new Tin Hat Theory that that blood moon at the end of episode nine, Swain's eye. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. here or rookie's first. eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just a glint in rookie's eye. <laughs> <laughs> so was this also the scene, by the way, where Mel's mother says something about Jace and Mel's like, leave his name out of your mouth or something? <laughs> I think so. It's interesting because she goes, she goes there, you know, sp- you know, full head of steam, right? And is like, stay away from fucking Jace. Like, she already knows. Just from the way Jace was, yeah. like, acting in a previous council scene, she knows that he's mm-hmm. been. she's been also whispering in his ears. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It is, though, nice to get another view of Mel that she actually does care about Jace. You don't know yeah. if it's just a manipulation <laughs> thing, but no. No, she's... Yeah. This whole this whole arc, right? Like, I mean, that's why I liked her in the previous arcs is because she had depth and she's not just complete, ooh, I'm just going to twist and turn these people. And, and she's really grappling with that conflict throughout this whole arc, right? Is 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 she going to... You know, is, is, will she or won't she, right? Is she going to follow her family mm-hmm. or not? And it's it's a lot of fun to see her grapple with that, you know? And I really liked the scene between her and her mom, too, where she finally, like, asked her, like, why did you cast me out? And her mom was like, well, you, you made me weak. Every time I had to mm-hmm. make a, a tough decision, I looked into your eyes and I just saw the judgment there and I couldn't deal with it anymore. This little sad, yeah. disappointed girl. <laughs> yeah. Once again, everything kind of running in parallel, like... Again, Silco can't do th- can't take his dream because his daughter and, and and Mel's mom can't you know be the Noxian she needs to be because she realizes like you know having your daughter around it's like it's more important this kid is more important so I gotta get I gotta get rid of him I guess very Noxian I suppose but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that was very Noxian but eliminate but still, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of parallels, this is also where we get the scene where Victor is about to <laughs> jump off the uh, the oh, ledge, yeah. and, yeah. and Jace stops him with a, "Am I interrupting anything?" It's a yeah. great Jace impression, huh? Thanks, <laughs> Riot, <laughs> season two. <laughs> <laughs> every every single voice credit is just John B. <laughs> John. <laughs> uh, let me get that great Victor line too mm-hmm. in the pursuit of great. We failed to do good. Yeah. That's a fucking banger. It's a nice little <laughs> little little silver bullet of a line. You know? Mm. Um and I mean again kind of parallel we get a we get the scene with Jason Vander here where they're making Jason Silco. Jason Silco for sure, mm-hmm. not Vander, where they're making the same deal that Grayson and Vander made back in the day that you know, Silco <laughs> very much resented the whole time mm-hmm. but like yeah they're you know everyone everyone's got to make the deals to to make things work and yeah. even even jace too when uh silco when he's like give us jinx and he's like no take me it's like i can't take you <laughs> you know you can't you can't make a deal with the snake and then cut the head off the snake it doesn't work <laughs> like that <laughs> but it was very much like grayson being like no nah, vander i'm not gonna take you in everything falls apart if i do that yeah yeah do we have the loyalty scene next, or is that before? I don't remember the order of them exactly. Because my notes are sequential, but I, I I have some scenes skipped. Well, I don't have much to say about it except that I really like it, and I really like the depiction of Silco in that as being showing fear. I really like that he wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I knew that she wasn't going to kill me. It's, it's like, <laughs> worried, and I like it. It's, again, nice little characterization, a little hum- humanization. Yeah, and like I think I mean, he was telling the truth there, too, when, when Finn was like, today's the day you die he's like well it was gonna happen so <laughs> maybe it's today yeah um yeah we, uh, i love the scenes here too between because we don't get a lot of heimerdinger echo scenes mm. but i love all of their scenes together <laughs> and when he finally sees like the tree and he's like why do you do things like this uh you know, it seems like there's more efficient things you could do. It's like, well, because it's not enough to give people what they need to survive. You got to give them what they need to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see Heimer kind of go out and kind of reacquaint himself with the city and kind of realize mm-hmm. maybe some of the ways, very subtly, maybe some of the ways that he has also you know, failed. You know, it was, it was nice that yeah. they gave him a little bit of, 
they gave him a little bit of that development too. I like that. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were going to get paired off at the end there. I really yeah. liked that that was the how they ended Echo and Heimerdinger's story is that mm-hmm. they're tinkering with things together, learning from each other. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me excited for yeah. season two. For sure. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Although I do hope that Echo does create his Z drive on his own still. I feel like that's an important part of his genius. I yeah. Don't know. Just the Heimerdinger gets him the crystal he needs for it. <laughs> Breaks yeah. into his own lab. Hammer's <laughs> 100% full on board with magic. It's like, that Z-Drive sounds awesome, my man. Hype <laughs> as hell. I really want them to introduce the Z-Drive in season two, but like not tell you that it's created so then there's like a big dramatic moment and then Echo is able to rewind it. That's Maybe that's like, how they'll kill a champion. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. And we finally get the long-awaited showdown re-showdown between Vi and Savika. I love how Vi is just like, I'm going to walk in here to kick Savika's ass. Like, that was her (laughs) only goal. She's not looking for anyone at this point. She's like, I just want to punch Savika in the fucking face with my new gloves. (laughs) (laughs) I like the, so when it opens up, it opens up with cowboy music. You know, it's very showdown in the old West style. And you even have Savika. We don't, this is the first time that we've seen Savika in uh, an extended fight with her arm, but I fucking love that she has a cowboy shotgun bandolier of vials <laughs> that she's popping out two vials at a time, just like a shotgun, and popping them into her arm. They just like they really went all in with like the 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 cowboy aesthetic here, yeah. and I really yeah. dug it. Yeah, she's almost <laughs> got like her costume the, is very yeah, like man with no name type poncho, and it's like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. It's real cool. This whole scene's real fucking cool. I like Vander yeah. popping up too. It's sweet. Like in like not like yeah. all this badass sweet, but it's like oh, it was emotionally sweet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. I think the the one thing that I didn't like as much about this one that I liked more in a lot of the other fight scenes is because now that they're both fighting with some sort of like, you know, super powered augmentations, the weight of this one did feel very different. Yeah, um, for sure. There's more cuts in this one too. Um, it's yeah. it's a lot less of like a single flowing scene. There's a lot of like even like the editing even like there's that one little sequence of Vi kind of like slamming a drink like in between rounds almost. I don't know. And it's, it's <laughs> I a did lot love cuts, that. But <laughs> yeah, the details are a lot of fun. Her like flipping the table is a nice little like eh, you know tip of the hat, I suppose, to her her song or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it, this actually reminded me a lot of almost um, God. Which one was it? If you've played Devil May Cry, it was like maybe the third or fourth Devil May Cry game, like the opening cinematic in the pool hall. Ooh, three. Uh, three. Yes, it's about to get crazy. Had a lot of vibes there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Bye. All right, so we're getting to the final scene here. And yeah. and this scene ending with Jinx, again, just popping behind someone in the darkness oh, with so her good. pink eye. Yeah, That sounded like she has pink eye. No, her <laughs> eye is pink. <laughs> did we already make the conjunctivitis joke? You did IRL. <laughs> oh, did you? IRL. In meat space. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so immediately we learn that Jinx is way better at restraining than Echo is. Vi's not getting mm. out of these ropes. This whole scene is so tense mm-hmm. and creepy. 
and really, really good. I was waiting for the Are We Still Sisters line. I wasn't oh, sure yeah. if it was going to be in here, and it's <laughs> absolutely devastating. Yeah. Uh, especially with how the scene ends. and the, oh, It was just all very good. And yeah. this is another one where, from a reactor's perspective, it was even more tense, because if you're just watching this show knowing nothing about the game, anyone at this table is going to get killed. Like, there were so many points where people were like, oh my god, Caitlyn's going to kill Vi. Or, like, or, or Caitlyn's going to kill Jinx. Like, oh my god, Jinx is going to kill Caitlyn. Like, oh my god, <sighs> Silco's going to kill Vi. Yeah. Like, there were se- anyone could have died here. <laughs> Jinx coming out, too, with that platter and making the joke about, I went to visit your girlfriend, and they lingered on it so long that I was like, I had this this little moment of doubt where I was like, did they kill Caitlyn? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, was like, I, was, I was like, no, they're not going to kill Caitlyn, but it's... <laughs> Man, they're really... <laughs> I thought maybe, like, her mom, maybe? But I will say, that was the thing that hit me about that. It's like, because I kind of forgot, because a lot happens between the end of the last episode and this. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, she's got Caitlyn. <laughs> there was that little brief spike of panic when my brain, like, before it logically <laughs> processed everything, you know? Like, she's not even the sheriff yet. <laughs> they yeah. can't kill her yet. I did also like Jane saying, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. bitch. Yes, you are. <laughs> and then the uh, and then Caitlin gets free and pulls a minigun on Jinx, which I feel like in this show, I, I think they take some liberties on the spin-up time of one of these guns. <laughs> but man, it is a bold move pulling a minigun on someone with a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> thinking that your fire, your shots are going to go off first. <laughs> yeah, it's also, with that minigun, I do feel like a lot of the times it's used, it's almost like the bullets are like force rounds. Like they won't actually penetrate you and kill you, unless you're Soko. Um, they just kind of knock you <laughs> things away Ouch. and, you know, out, out of the way and shit. But, you know, whatever. She's still learning. She's not the sheriff le- yet, like you said. She's. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only gun that was nearby. She had to do what she had to do. Yeah, I would have liked to seen her come at her with the uh, the broken wine glass. You know, just real, oh, real raw shit. dog style. Ew. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. You can cut like, that. I don't know why. You, I saw the regret on your face afterwards. You like yeah, flinch you know, at no yourself. Filter. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah. Jinx ends up killing Silco. It's another yeah. parallel to her accidentally killing her surrogate dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one was less accidental, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> it was more to just... I think she was more concerned about saving Vi than she was intentionally yes. trying to kill Silco. I do think it was a very not thought out decision for her. It was yeah. like a reaction. I mean, yeah, she's in the hearing the click of that you know the hammer on the gun and mm-hmm. like nope action mode yeah yeah i mean and she's in the middle of of like almost a near breakdown anyway at the time so mm-hmm. it's it's just very spur of the moment i i mean this whole end sequence i i loved and i was really pleased with how well it went and i really like the little bit between silco and her as he's dying yeah. and i think it's just yeah. touching it yeah it speaks to the the writing of silco that i believe him when he says he would not have taken that deal you know, yeah. it, I really liked that I found myself saying, yeah, I 100% trust that he is being honest there. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and telling then, her not to feel bad because she's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Jinx sitting down in her her Jinx seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was also very sad. I was wondering how we were going to get to the point where Vi has to come to terms with the fact that Powder's gone. And I think, I, I, I don't know why I thought it was going to be something really brutal. It didn't have to be. It just had to be Jinx being like, I'm Jinx, and you don't care about me as Jinx. Yeah. That's all it really took. 
It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I really like her her you know, her lines about how it wasn't Silco that made Jinx, it was Vi and and again, like you said, when she sits down and um gosh, you know, when she's kinda of talking about how like, yeah, I've I've changed but but you've changed too and that's something you kinda of don't realize. And I don't know, it's just I mm-hmm. like you said, I I I also had that thought of, man, what is gonna be the thing that pushes it past? And and yes, there's the actual final events of the episode, but but that's kind of after the point where she's already you know completely yeah. jinx and that rift has fully formed you know yeah i do I, I think there are some people agreeing with jinx and that vi is totally responsible for jinx's creation and i don't agree with that one i feel no, like i mean i had a small moment of weakness when she was grieving and she was gonna go back to her sister so yeah i thought that was rough yeah. no i think yeah it's, it's certainly just it's jinx's perspective it's i jinx guess is what i like it. yeah yeah right, yeah, yeah. You know? No, yeah, I could see her, especially after Silco just died. Yeah. And having the monster you created playing in the background yeah. the whole time along to the sea. Yeah, Man. this final quick scene to, not quick, but this very short slow motion scene of Jinx revving up. Is that Pow Pow? No, no, Pow Pow's a... Fish Bones. That's yeah, fish, fish bones. bones, right. Pow Pow's like yeah. just a little rocket gun. Yeah. Someone pointed out, I'd have to go back and watch it, someone pointed out that it also has like a one scarred eye. Oh, is, really? Uh, oh, really? Potential tribute to to Silco because he does love his underwater creatures too. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Also, Finn, I think Finn. It is. It says there's bigger fish than than Silco. You know, something like that. At another <laughs> point. Um, but yeah, the whole in sequence. Well, we know she always talks to her guns in game too, and now that we know she talks to all those people she lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense on- that maybe maybe the gun was Silco the whole time. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I think I would I would love to see that get carried through into season too now that you mention it i didn't think about that but that'd be great and yeah, yeah i don't know man this this whole end sequence is great i also i know it's walking it back a few steps but i like how jace kind of very finally at the end realizes like the big problem that he's been having which is that he doesn't understand the situation and he's kind of like you know what i don't get it i've realized that about <laughs> myself now uh and neither do y'all so we're, no solution is going to come from us if, if nothing yeah. else you know and i i I love that, and I love, like, that happening, Mel, you know, kind of casting off her family finally, and it all, like, it all happening at a point that is too late, right? And it's a nice little bit of ending tragedy. Is like, oh, you know, he even says, like, our, our, our opportunity to show compassion has passed, right? And lo and behold, it absolutely has. And I just, I just love it. I, I love that, that rocket flying, and, and Kate, like, the, I love, you know, one thing I really liked about Caitlin was that she looked really upset you know for, yeah, for obvious on reasons Caitlin's face when yeah. she saw where the, the rocket was headed yeah and it, it fades really... directly from her face to her mom's face too and yeah it's like ah i love it i love just the misery mm. <laughs> the misery <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was real far back but you just reminded me of it a moment with jace when he's ranting to victor about how like horrible everyone in the undercity is uh. and he's like dude i'm from there yeah. <laughs> like i'm from the undercity that's like my people you're talking about yeah when he was like i can't believe you would go there like where home yeah. <laughs> right it was so fucked up yeah you know what else i like about that scene too because i remember is that yes it is and i but i also like that that's not the thing that like drives them apart right i i yeah. like that they, yeah. they they communicate again it's like jace immediately writes like oh shit i just crammed my foot in my mouth and he apologizes and it's like sure that's a something that will probably contribute to their separating but 
they can kind of like okay we're still friends right it's not just like oh he said that and now we're not going to talk and blah blah blah, you know but what it did do was that's when i mean that's when victor was coming back with the shimmer and he had just had that conversation with singed where singed was like if you do this they will hate you and he was like no jace will understand And after that Aww. conversation, he did not tell Jace about this shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has appropriate like impact and, and consequences. I just like that it's not, you know, this whole show is like it's a not, great... Yeah, it's not the one thing. Yeah, this whole show is like a great example of like leveraging trope without falling into cliche, you know? And that's what I, this was another little instance of that. Take notes, Riot, for the rest of your shit. <laughs> so you did it I right I do wonder, here. though, because Jace does have a moment where he says he'd do anything to save Victor's life. So I am curious if he would have supported the use of shimmer or not it's a good question if, if victor was kind of like i'm literally about to die and this is all we've got i don't know it's hard to say it's hard to say with jace because he has a lot of ideas and he <laughs> he's got, he's got a lot of lofty drawings. ideas but he's not very world experienced so i yeah, think he, when the true. rubber hits the road he finds himself not necessarily able to live up live up to his little crown drawing that he drew of himself right <laughs> yeah i think maybe like pre shimmer raid jace would have had no problem with it because i think in his mind at that point shimmer was just shimmer was an idea Mm. it wasn't a solid thing he had never had to interact with it in any it was just something that existed but like after the raid and after seeing the impact that it has on the undercity like i more questions probably then yeah Yeah. absolutely Hmm. all right so there's some some quick ending shots that a lot of people are speculating on. <laughs> we get that. Oh, yeah. You got that the, teaser that you all knew was going to happen. That clear I had Warwick hoped, sighting. I had hoped for more Warwick, but season two, hopefully. Yeah. We did. I just want to say, too, we all were going into this assuming that it was going to be wrapped up by episode nine. So, yes. Yes. We did not know there was going to be a season two, which, I mean, yeah. makes sense. They didn't say it until after yes. season nine dropped. <laughs> or that if there was going to be a season two, it would be about a different region, different yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. I, I was saying, I, I'm sure I, I talked about it a ton in the Discord. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this, you know, they'll go to Noxus next and, you know, blah, blah, yeah, blah. I was yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> Guess again, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now, the final scene with the council. So, like, Jace is in the council chamber right now. Mm-hmm. We, know is, that, yeah. we know that Jace makes it out, Jace obviously. isn't going to die. So, obviously, everyone isn't so going to yeah, die. Not everyone's yeah. going to die. And, and they made a big deal of Mel's armor shining. And mm-hmm. we don't know what that means, but presumably, like... That's some kind of shield. Yeah, like we, we talk no... about them not doing things on accident. Mm-hmm. Like this was clearly an intentional thing. Like si- somehow it's going to protect some people in this room. Yeah. Hopefully more than just Jace. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so dumb if it was just fucking Jace standing there and everyone was dead. Well, Victor's there yeah. too, right? So, you know, we we also know Victor will make it through, okay. right? <laughs> so Victor will be okay. They'll be fine. The science bro is at it again. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I, I on the one hand, if imagine a world where Jace and Victor are not in that room, right? I would almost believe that I mean, ignoring the golden ages type thing, I would almost believe that everyone would die because I feel like I feel like it almost kind of very neatly goes along with what's happening at the end of that episode, yeah. right? Everyone is coming to the the right conclusions at the wrong time. It's all too late, you know? And it's just, again, it's just a nice tragedy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, since they're there, you know, we can only assume, like you said, that some people are going to get out. I don't think they'll kill Mel, but who knows what's going to happen exactly. I don't know. yeah. I, I hope they don't. I don't think they will. I, I think some people surviving will be interesting because I think they'll be very divided on what happens next. Yeah. 
and and I've also seen people speculating that this would be the end of the council, no matter what, because Piltover does sort of seem to be run by families for the most part, right? Had we talked yeah. about the council at any point? Was this There's, is this a thing we know exists in League Lore later? I feel like there's some vague references in the things we've gone through. Okay. I feel like there's a vague reference or two to some sort of um, some sort of governing body. I don't remember if they call it the council per se, um, but yeah, I do mm. wonder if like maybe most of them are dead and a lot of people would kind of point to the leadership as like having failed and you know maybe yeah. this is getting into like predictions we're kind of out of what's actually happened that's but, fine we, um, we finished <laughs> yeah you know i don't know i kind of feel like it would be interesting to see maybe not out and out you know war happen between zon like maybe they honor the sovereignty agreement but you know the council is dissolved and that makes way for yeah merchant clans to start kind of running things and then you've got mm-hmm. people like camille who operate in the shadows more between the two cities I don't know. I'd I'd love to see a Camille edition here, and her uh, is it Pharos? Yeah. Um, because we know they have a lot to do with Hextech, so I like the idea of them sort of gaining power because they've made a discovery with Hextech, and that kind of knocks Jace down a little bit, and the power he has. I don't know. I just want to see her animated. As like, uh, I want to see a fucking Camille fight scene in Arcane. Oh, I think that would be so cool. Yeah. I think they do a really good job. They would do her fucking justice, man. That would be yeah. so fucking yeah, I, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially with like her fucking the attack on Titan ability she has in yes. the Awaken cinematic. That'd be so cool. Man, mm-hmm. you could play with like the angles of the camera. You could like bring it down from the top and have a swoop in. Oh, oh yeah. man, you could have a, yeah. a lot of fun with it. She would be tons of fun. <laughs> I really, I really think Urgot would be a great season two antagonist. I know we kind of talked about it before. He's yeah. He 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 ties into Noxus because my my kind of hope is that by some point in season two or maybe into three, I don't know how they're doing it exactly, we, <laughs> we get out of Piltover and so on. Like I like the region, yeah. and obviously they're going to stay in there for a while. But at some point, it'd be nice to Noxus has the only region that's even gotten mentioned. I want to say right. Yeah, so, yeah. So it feels natural that they would flow um, in, start heading there next. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Urgot would be great. I don't know much about his lore, but I feel like he's a less sympathetic villain, which I think is pretty classic after you get, like, that sympathetic villain to have someone who's, like, truly vile, like, (laughs) in every way. Absolutely. Would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And we know that there's some sort of showdown there, too, with, uh, I mean, they've already got a lore showdown between Kate and Vi and Urgot, so. Yeah, that's great. Cool to... Kind of get bring more that of in. the the lead up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about that, from what I remember, is that it also kind of goes into the idea of how like synthetic hextech is now caught is like contributing to the actuals on gray, right? And we know that you know Clan Pharos has a lot of to do with that. So maybe that would be kind of how you start tying mm. these things in. Clan Pharos has synthetic yeah. hextech. Urgot's leak because yeah, you're you're right. Urgot not sympathetic at all, and it lacks any of that po- like potential compassion or idealism about Zon. It's just survival of the fittest, and either you make it or you fucking die. And and he would yeah. be a great counterpoint to Silco's villain. And then you got and then you got like Warwick, who we absolutely know is going to be fucking in there. Oh yeah. man, I'm getting excited now. You got I got shut I up. I know. <laughs> so what do y'all think about the Oriana prediction? I, mm, I kind of like it, frankly. I don't know Oriana's lore, so I don't know. So what John's talking about here is that Singe is looking at a locket in the end. We assume it's maybe his daughter or something. Yeah. And she's got a little hair bun. And if you look at Oriana's splash, she has the exact same hairstyle. Um, I don't know. I don't know Oriana's lore. 
Now it's a tiny, you know, it's a tiny thing, but it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility. It's and, it's some. It seems very intentional to give yeah. the same kind of hairstyle. Exactly, yeah. and if you, I mean. People were saying that you would need to retcon something, but like you wouldn't even need to retcon anything about her lore because her existing lore talks about how, you know, her father was a tinkerer and everything and, and Piltover and then, um, you know, was trying to, to help Zahn and all that and, you know, be turned her into clockwork basically to save her from, you know, lung thing when she went down to Zahn. Mm. Um, never mentions a mother at all. So mm. like, the possibility is still open that she just has two fathers and Singed is one of them and this other guy who is named in the lore is the other one. Oh, mm. that would be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I would die if Oriana was in yeah. <laughs> Arcade because I fucking love Oriana. Yeah. Well, she's a, she's a really cool design and you know what else would be interesting about that is it would it would kind of make Blitzcrank, if Blitzcrank showed up, feel mm. a little bit less like weird. Like you would start getting yeah. into the site. It would get into this idea of these sort of robotic life forms and then maybe that kind of ties in also to victor taking the more uh glorious evolution slant right where he's getting into being more robotic and you're kind of in, yeah yeah you, you get into these questions of what what is life man <laughs> 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 yeah i don't know there's a lot of ways That's we could true. go with it yeah and i feel like reading a lot of the oriana lore too like the the parallels are already there between the two dudes anyway. Like, you know, starting in Piltover, because we know that Singed worked with Heimerdinger, too, even if he was Zonite originally. And So he was in Piltover. Yeah. Oriana's, Oriana's other dad also worked in Piltover until moving to Zon when he had to pay off, like, debts. So, you know, they both ended up in Zon from mm. Piltover. They both got, you know, they were both, uh, you know, harmed by the, the chemicals down there and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I like I like that. I think that would be a really fun way to to deal with it. It would it would be really interesting to see maybe like you know flashbacks or sequences of of singed interacting with this. I don't know this character from her lore. I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure he's named or whatever. Um, just as singed becomes more singed, right? And yeah. you know maybe it, it's again it seems like a lot of good potential for tragedy. And I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. So <laughs> clearly. And I mean, it would make total sense, too, why it's never mentioned in Oriana's lore if mm -hmm. he had already turned into a, you know, the kind of singed version of himself at mm -hmm. the point that we're... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. My uh, my tinfoil is that Urgot is that guard of uh, Ambessas. I don't, I mean, I don't know at all. That, you know that main guard that they show? He's got like yeah. a mohawk. It, they have a few shots of him. Like mm -hmm. he's going to be a character and he doesn't do anything ever. So I don't know. Okay, Every maybe. time he walks away, he hits his metal thing on the ground, so it sounds like crab legs walking away. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got shotgun knees. They don't get into it much. But <laughs> but I saw him. Ambessa eating shellfish when he was on screen. Yeah, the signs are all there. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I just, it just was weird to me that they made a point to kind of like show, here's this unique character, because every other Noxian is like masked, but he doesn't ever do or say yeah. anything. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on season one of Arcane? Besides that, it was amazing. Yeah, they knocked it out of the fucking park, man. I, I had <clears throat> yeah, so good. Yeah. I really hope they can maintain the quality bar. I trust that they can, but you know, give and that, you know go go to episode ten or eleven instead of nine. I know they like the three act thing, but I feel like just. Uh, 
Better make the episodes a little longer, just to give everything a little bit more room, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, and I know yeah. Riot's good about this in general, but I want to make sure, like, I, I hope that they don't have pressure from Netflix to follow very specific release schedules, mm-hmm. because Riot's very good at not setting a release date and working on it until it's done, and then, like, releasing something that's good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at the time between, like, Stranger Things seasons, I think they give leeway for the shows that are very popular. Like, mm-hmm. there's there are massive breaks between seasons of Stranger Things <laughs> because they know that they got to do a lot of shit in post for that show, <laughs> and they let it linger. They let it happen, so. Yeah, so, I mean... As long as that happens, I'm sure they'll <laughs> they'll do good. Yeah. 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 I don't have much else to say. Good job, Riot. You really Yay! fucking did it on this one. <laughs> yeah. It was good, done, everybody. It. it was great, everybody. <laughs> so exciting. If you've gotten to this point and haven't watched, uh, okay. <laughs> well, no, I think everybody's seen watch. it. <laughs> but I think that's it for the discussion tonight. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We're on Twitter at Loreheads, and we have a Discord now. There should be a link in the description of this episode and on Twitter. (laughs) We also post these on YouTube if you ever want to chat there. And join us next time. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't look at this title. (laughs) It's been so long. What are we even talking about? Do you know? I think it's Jin. I think it's Jin. I don't know if there's a second word. I'm I'm pretty, I know virtuoso. It might just be the virtuoso. It might be the virtuoso. The violent virtuoso. The violent virtuoso. <laughs> the very evil virtuoso. <laughs> I got it. I, it is just the virtuoso. Uh-huh. Nice. Vi stands for vitroso. All right, it's gin. We're going to talk about gin. 